Okay, Greybeard uh, podcast listeners, this is Bruce Buxton. I'm the Greybeard, and here is the last of my daily summaries from my Greybeard challenge in the Black, on the Black, Black Forest Trail in north central Pennsylvania. Um, I hope you listened to day one, two, and three already. They've already been posted. And like I said yesterday, when we were doing, uh, when I was doing day three, uh, I ran out of phone batteries, and so I'm just recording this uh, after the fact by my memory uh, of what happened on day four. So on day four, uh, well, the night before, it rained almost all night. I had a really good uh, setup with my hammock, and the the rain shed off my uh, rain fly very, very nicely, except for one or two times when the wind blew a little bit, then I got a little wet. But um, And it was cold, I'll have to admit it. Uh, Get a little wet on your forehead and the wind blows, it gets a little cold. So um, that's one thing that I think if I do this again, I'll try and fix... Um, how cold I was, how cold I slept, because I, I certainly didn't get a lot of restful sleep uh, throughout the f- the three nights that I was out there. Um, it was uh, it was it was kind of hit and miss for the most time, most part. So on day four, I got up quite early uh, because I was cold. I got up uh, before the sun got packed up. It took a while to get everything back in my backpack without soaking everything. So I had to kind of make sure things were a little bit drier. Uh, luckily for me, that it did stop raining before I woke up, before I actually got out of the hammock. And uh, so it was pretty easy just to kind of shake things out and make sure that they weren't dripping wet before I put them back. I might have been carrying maybe an, an extra pound of uh, moisture in my backpack um, on my way back down because of the fact that things were a little bit wet. Um, all in all, that's not too bad. One of the things I did not do really well is with my map, <laughs> it had some elevation charts on it. So I could have been able to tell from mile to mile what the elevations were going to do. I would have had a much better idea of what I was facing if I'd have uh, had paid attention to those uh, those charts. Um, now that I look back on it, I think that that was a, a missed opportunity for me to be ready for what was coming in front of me. But one thing on day four is I was... Uh, I kind of had a short climb uh, and then uh, a flat spot for a while, probably about an hour and a half uh, before I started the big descent down the last three and a half miles into uh, the trailhead. And I did not anticipate how incredibly steep that last little piece was. And although it wasn't raining, it was quite wet from the night before. And so the combination of the two things, the rain, uh, the wet, the, the muddy surface, as well as the steep the steepness of the grade just really <laughs> took its toll on me, and I went down two or three times. Although I didn't get really muddy or anything, I you know I mostly landed on rocks <laughs> and twisted my ankle once or twice. But um, another thing I didn't really anticipate, uh, like I should have, uh, and I need to find out if I can make this better somehow. I, I need to ask some questions of people who do a lot more hiking than me. Um, but, um, but these downhills were really hard on my feet. They were probably harder on my feet than anything else I did. Um, you know, jamming my toes into the toe of my boot, like to the point of really, I almost couldn't take another step. Sometimes it was, it was so painful. I was going down at such a steep grade and my feet were jamming in there at such a, um, uh, a rate. And, uh, yeah, might have to do with maybe my toenails were a little long. I know it's probably too much information. It's probably grosses you out, but yeah, might, maybe that was, had something to do with it, but I need to explore that a little bit because it did, it was pretty painful. And, uh, and the, that last pull down, boy, I went through a lot of rock outcroppings, like just little narrow 
um, little slots in these rock outcroppings and and that one last downhill went right down the spine the back spine of this uh, of this ridge and uh, it was just uh, like I say muddy and rocky and um, steep so it, it took a lot of uh, endurance and I just had to keep saying to myself you know one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other I just keep had to saying one step at a time one step at a time until I got on the flat ground and then I got on the flat ground I still had to keep saying that because it just I don't know if you've been on a long hike like that but when you go on a long hike like that the last mile or two just seemed to go on and on and on forever and the the you know you're on a semi-flat grade going toward home and it just goes on and on and on. It, but the, the nice thing about that day is, I, um, as I was going down along the trail, I noticed that there were some some birds that were um, a lot of all just all of a sudden, just in this one location, there are a lot of birds. And uh, and I stopped, um, and they started to kind of come closer and closer. And there might have been ten or maybe a dozen birds that just started to get really close. One of them got about three and a half feet away from me, right on the branch in front of me. It was some type of warbler. I haven't been able to figure it out just yet. I, the memory is emblazoned on my mind, though, so I, I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out at some point. But it was just the oddest experience. I stood there on the trail, and these birds just kept getting closer and closer, almost like they wanted to kind of cozy up to me, or I had something to feed them. But it didn't seem like that was true, very realistic, because we were out in the middle of nowhere. It didn't seem like they were the kind of birds that were, you know, used to being hand fed or anything. But it was really a novel experience. I probably stood there for a half hour, um, just enjoying having those birds so close to me, and that was really a neat experience. So anyway, I kept on, kept keeping on, and finally got down to the the bridge, crossed the bridge, and found my truck. And I tell you what, a great feeling it is when you get to the truck and you're able to take off your boots and uh, put your sandals on and look back up the mountain, and boy, it really felt like I did something. And so as I stood there by my truck, I reviewed, you know, a couple of the things I was there for. I reviewed the fact that I I thought, you know, I, I really had felt very scared about being in the woods all by myself at, at dark, and how little of a, a deal that was, and uh, how, how much easier that was for me than I had anticipated, and I'm really happy about that. I learned a little bit about my self-talk. Um, as it turns out, 42 miles with 33 pounds on your back is a significant, um, feat more, more physically than I thought. So when I first went into this, I think I said more than once, I don't think the physical part of backpacking is going to be much of an issue. Um, it's going to be the fear that it's going to be a, a problem. Well, as it turns out, it was exactly the opposite. Fear didn't seem to, to come into this at all for me. I just didn't have that happen, even when I was hiking at night, which I did a couple of different times with my headlamp on. Um, that didn't seem to, like, I didn't feel like looking behind me. I didn't feel conscious of, you know, every little sound that was made. It just wasn't that big of a deal. But physically, it was really, really trying. There was a lot of times when I just thought, wow, I, I can quit any time. No one's forcing me to do this, but I didn't. So... As I looked back up on the mountain and looked uh, looked at my map and just kind of reviewed what I'd done, I felt pretty proud physically of the feat that I had just uh, accomplished and uh, grateful for the opportunity to do that. And, you know, it just seemed like every time that I did something super, super hard um, on that trail, there was a reward. There was some kind of a vista overlook. There was some kind of a, uh, a beautiful grove that I was treated to. Uh, 
just something at the at the end at the end of a of a period of of real strong physical or mental emotional um, lasting that uh, that paid off for me and that was also something I thought a lot about as I drove home is that you know that's kind of the way I need to view life that's the way I need to view these last several years in my working life is that there will come things that will be hard that will try me that will test me but I can be assured that at the end of those tests, there will be something that will be there to reward me. So that's kind of what I want to leave with you as a takeaway for this whole trip is that um, no matter what the what the test is, no matter what kinds of things that you're trying to overcome, um, I think it, it's pretty reasonable to assume that that test is just an indicator of some reward in the end if you uh, if you stick with it. I just I feel like that that's a lesson for life and something that we can count on. So look at your own life, look at what you're doing, recognize you have a lot to give, and that there will be obstacles and and, and adversity, but that that obstacle or those the, those obstacles or that adversity is just an indicator that there's something much better waiting on the other side of that. And I want to leave you with that and uh, tell you that I appreciate your listening and I appreciate every every kind of support you've given me and let's just keep on keeping on and uh, look for another episode maybe not this week but early next week um, I think I told you that the next episode would be about social media and uh, what that means for us a little bit later in our life so let's uh, get back together again then and I uh, look forward to talking to you have a great day ciao